0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Walks Around Britain. For more information, our terms of use and to click through to see the show notes on our blog with photographs, videos and links to related sites, please visit walksaroundbritain.co.uk. In the 23rd edition of the Walks Around Button Podcast, we grab our sowesters and take a trip around the shoreline with the long-running series Coast. Hello and you're very welcome to the 23rd edition of the Walks Around Button Podcast. I'm Andrew White and I'm your walking guide through the next 25 minutes or so of outdoor and walking chat. Now this edition is a special featuring the popular long-running series Coast. First shown in 2005, the ninth series is back on BBC Two in the UK from the 14th of July. But the programme recently took a detour to make a series in Australia, which again was shown in the UK on BBC Two, and that series has just finished. Well, joining me now to talk to us about Coast Australia is one of the presenters of the series. Professor Emma Johnston, who's on Skype from Sydney. Emma, welcome to the Walks Around Britain podcast. Coast has been a great British institution and it's really interesting to be watching the Australian version. How did you become involved with the series?
1: I know it's such an institution, but we've actually been watching it in Australia for some time and I have been a big fan of Coast for uh since series one i was really excited to see series one and so when coast australia called me up and they were calling me up as professor and director of the sydney harbour research program i was so excited i was absolutely thrilled and i was willing to help and give them lots of stories and they came around and had a chat and i gave them lots of potential stories for the sydney harbour episode And then they said, hmm, well, we're actually still casting for the marine biology presenter. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, here are a list of people. And they said, what about you? (laughs) (laughs) And I went, really? Me? And I was, I mean, I was so excited, but I was also tad nervous, having never presented on television before. So this was was a big step for me. I'm a full-time academic (laughs) and uh, I'm very much a cameo presenter, but I've enjoyed it so much.
0: One of the hallmarks of Coast is that it hasn't featured people who have been very well known to viewers, but instead have used people who know their subject area. And that really shows on screen.
1: That's the lovely thing about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like um, I shouldn't be there because hmm. what they're after is some expertise and some empathy, I guess, for the for the topic that they're talking about. And for me to be able to go around Australia, not only to see these absolutely stunning environments but to talk to the researchers and the artists and the historians that work in those ecosystems to me it's just it's just brilliant and I think the enthusiasm that I have for the location just comes across on the screen and people pick up on that.
0: And quite a lot of the stories mix together different elements don't they? You might be fronting that particular story but it might also have a history element as well as being a story about marine ecology.
1: That's right and I love it for that. I mean, none of us are kind of – we're not simple people. We're quite complex characters. Mm. All of us are complex characters. We have lots of different interests. And Coast doesn't assume that you're only interested in one thing. It assumes you're interested in life and biology and archaeology and history and you get a little bit of a taste of everything. Um, To me, that's what attracted me to the first series of Coast And you're not pigeonholed. And I think it's important for everybody, audiences and professionals, not to be pigeonholed. Because part of who you are is is how you do your work. And from my perspective, I'm, I'm a professor of marine ecology and I study human impacts in marine ecosystems. But I'm very aware that my background, my history, my sociology all of those influence the way I do my research and the way I understand these ecosystems that's what coasts is about it's about saying you're not just a simple monoculture you know you're you're a whole being you're a geographical perspective and we take people into these new locations and we give them a glimpse of what it's like to be a person living the history and the physical nature of those locations.
0: In the UK, our seafaring history and the smallish size of our country has led us to have a deep love of the seaside and the coast. Do the Australians feel the same about their coast?
1: Oh, absolutely. We we do love to live beside the seaside. I think there's a song about that, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 80% of Australians live within 50 kilometres of the coast. We're very much a coastal society. Partly that's because the middle of Australia is very, 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 very dry. You know, it's a desert. <laughs> and so it's difficult to live inland. It means also that we, you know, part of our inherent being is... Coastal, we, mm. we love to see the ocean, we interact with it. I mean, we're often there on a weekend. People would rather, I think, visit the beach than they would climb a mountain. And maybe that goes for everybody in the UK as yes. well, but it, it's very much part of our soul.
0: Individual editions of the original coast have been to other countries, but those programs have always been made by the UK production team. How has having a completely Australian team for this version affected the way the series has been made?
1: It's a little bit different. I think, you know, we've taken the spirit of Coast. Uh, Obviously, we have a series of different presenters. Neil Oliver is the only one who's come across from the original UK Coast, Mm. and he's the main host. And the other presenters are all um, based here. So inevitably, it's a little bit different. I think we have... a vastly larger coast. <laughs> Someone <Somewhat>. calculated <laughs> that given there's been eight series of the UK coast, there would effectively have to be 24 series of this coast <laughs> <laughs> for us to be. That'll keep you busy. <laughs> yeah, so I think in essence we're zipping around the coast a little bit quicker than would have been in the original series. And we're also much more sparsely populated country, you know, like a tenth of the population that the UK has lives in a much, much, much larger area. So mm. we have less of a British history, so only 200 years or so of colonial history, but we also have far more Indigenous history and also probably a vaster range of physical geographies than you might see in the UK I mean, just just Sydney Harbour, for example, and I'm boasting now, we have more than 560 species of fish recorded from Sydney Harbour, and that's more than double the number of fish species recorded for the entire coast of the UK.
0: That is phenomenal. I know. So just figures like that bring home the massive differences between our two countries, but it's that shared passion for the coast which makes the series work, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and it makes me think that, coast as a program because it's so holistic and it's so you know encompassing of everything that people love about the coast both underneath the water but on the shoreline the built history the natural history it makes me think that this would work in any country really because all around the world people love the coast and they love walking by the coast feeling it and smelling the sea breeze
0: And you're rushing off tomorrow to do some filming for Series 2 of Coast Australia, which is great news that there's going to be a Series 2.
1: I know, we're so excited. So we've been filming Series 2 since March. It's quite an epic adventure to do this across australia so tomorrow i fly for five hours across australia just to get to the other side oh, good grief. <laughs> I, I fly from sydney to perth tomorrow and then i fly north to the pilbara region which is wow an incredible area it's um it's an arid zone right on the coast and there are the oldest rocks in the world ever. Ever have been dated from the Pilbara region. It's just
0: that's amazing,
1: an incredible area, and so a whole episode of Coast Australia for series two will be based in the Pilbara region. I'm so excited!
0: It's just a country for which superlatives were designed for, really, isn't it? <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely, and it's hard to sound and not to sound trite, you know, because <laughs> every, everything is stunning. Um, the the sponge is. And I'm I'm a marine biologist obviously, so I love, you know, filter feeding organisms and coral reefs. But the sponges in this area are so diverse that, you know, we're we're talking about twenty percent or so of the sponges for the entire world being found in this area and most of them not yet described. So it's it's pioneering stuff as well as being, you know, just beautiful.
0: When you think we're exploring space, it's quite remarkable to think that there are areas of this planet which we've yet to properly explore, and new species to be discovered.
1: So much still to learn. And, you know, that's exciting as a professor of marine ecology, but it's also, you know, somewhat depressing that we, we're working in these areas, we're developing these areas, and yet we know so little about them. So there's a lot of work to be done.
0: Emma, thanks for taking time off to talk to us. It's been a real pleasure and good luck for the filming for Series 2.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for
0: talking to me. Now, as one coast finishes here in the UK, it's time for another new series to start. It's the welcome return of the original coast, the mother programme, so to speak. And joining me to talk about what will be the ninth series is Steve Evanson the series editor of Coast, all the way from Coast HQ in Bristol. Steve, thanks for coming on the podcast.
2: Uh, It's my pleasure to talk to you, Andrew, and thanks for having me on.
0: Are you surprised about how successful the series has been?
2: Yes, I mean, it constantly surprises me, the success of Coast, really. It's great as a team, come up with something that Allows you to explore so many different stories, I think, and um, allows people to reconnect with their coastline, you know, and the history of it in all its forms. We've got 10,000 years of British history to go at, so <laughs> uh, the world's our oyster, really.
0: So going back to the first series, obviously to have a programme which can keep returning with new stories is a holy grail for television channels like BBC Two. But the original series was kind of a standalone piece, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the, one of the very first lines in the first episode of the first series is something like, this is a one-off television event. <laughs> it's a good you know, job it wasn't. In our lifetime. Yeah, good job it wasn't, <laughs> yes, yeah, so... You know, it, it, obviously that first series was conceived as a as a circumnavigation, a, a journey right around the coast, the obvious thing being that when you get back to where you started, you've finished. Hmm. So that was how it was meant to be. It was a snapshot of the British coast in 2004 or five when it was filmed, and it was transmitted in the summer of 2005. And no one really knew, as you never know really with TV shows, how successful it's going to be. I think the initial signs for Coast particularly uncertain because it it wasn't a star vehicle. It didn't have a, a big name presenter, if you like, a big you know star person like yeah. kind of Billy Connolly or. Alan Titchmarsh or Michael
0: Palin. If you're making it for ITV, they'd want a famous comedian to front it, wouldn't they?
2: Yes, exactly. And and that was the original intention, that there would be a team of experts who would kind of feed into a a more star presenter, if you like. You know, know, our five experts now have become stars in their own right after years on the show. But at the time, you know, Nick was probably the most well-known of them. But the others, you know, were fairly new to television. And the the original idea was that, yeah, there would be a very well-known figure like Billy Connolly for the sake of argument. Yes. But it turned out that it just got too difficult to find enough time to actually do the journey with someone of that then high profile. Yes, because
0: those sorts of people would find the time needed to film such an intense series of which Coaster's turned into to be too much of a commitment from their schedules. So if you're not careful, you'd end up with a series where the big name is just out on location for like three days or something like that, and the rest of the time everything's made without them, and you can spot that a mile off, can't you?
2: Yeah, you know, we really had to feel that they'd experienced it, and Nick had, um, you know, obviously didn't tread every inch of the coast but you know he did large sections of it we did have no but you
0: did feel that he, he'd made a significant way around the coast
2: yes exactly yeah you know and it, he went to to key places you know we did the journey and he did it in sections so we did i think first part of the journey we, we did it in order so you know he did it going around from from dover around cornwall and on onwards so yeah but he, you know he would take breaks in between but that was a substantial commitment of his time, you know, we're talking mm. the best part of like a month and a half or something like that, of time to do that. Yes. It's a sort of week's work per per episode just being on the road by the time you've travelled there, you've done the travelling and the filming and there were 12 episodes so you know, it's a, it's a big commitment of time Ultimately we went away from that that model, you know, I'm delighted that we did because we ended up with something that's become a template for many other shows that have gone since, what's been called a magazine documentary, so it is a magazine show in the sense that it's an eclectic bunch of stories linked. A device of the linear journey around the coast. Mm. You know, look at Cloud Lab for instance, which is a group of scientists. You know, off on a journey. <laughs> so it's although that it, sounds very familiar. You know, it's yeah exactly. You know, it. Many shows now have followed the, that kind of coast model, and is something. And coast
0: was really the first to do that, wasn't it?
2: Yes, it was the first one. I think where all the experts, A, they were experts, and that you know they've all got proper credentials in in their field. You know, as historians or geographers or wildlife experts, they're not presenters in that sense. We always thought of them as investigators. You know, they were going yes. places to investigate the story with us rather than tell us what the story was. So that was very much a style of the show.
0: So um, we see the presenters on screen talking about the stories, but just how difficult is it in finding new stories which the vast majority of the audience don't already know about?
2: It's a funny one. It's You'd think, in, you know, I'm not saying it's easy, but, you know, over a nine series, and well, now number, series number 10 is being made as we speak. It's been researched and filmed. I think Nick is on Jersey filming at the moment. Or,
0: or hmm, We've just been retreating the photos. I've on been a,
2: yes. So, you know, that's it's it's still happening and still great stories that surprised me are coming out in series 10. And I think that's what we found in doing the first series that it rapidly became apparent that, you know, we weren't short of stories. It was really which stories to pick and try and get the mix right within the hour. And we had to drop some that, you know, were great stories that we thought, well, you know, we just can't do two war, war stories back and back or we can't. You know, we need uh, kind of light and shade around the program. And the interesting thing about the first journey is that, you know, what you'd call the running order of the program, the, the, the sequence of where the stories come along the hour was entirely determined by the geography because you were doing a journey. So when we're making the shows now, because they're thematic rather than journey, they're based on a theme like, you know, wild weather. And they can be anywhere in the British Isles, the stories that we are free to put the stories where we like in the hour most yes. before we had to stick to, that's the next story you the come geography. across, so that's what the next one is, whether it's, you know, so we had to work hard to find a story that complemented the one that was going before it and the one that came after it, you know, because you don't want stories all of the same type to come in a clump in the hour, you want variety that, so that people feel they're being surprised.
0: And it's great to see new presenters coming into the series.
2: Yeah, and that's been one of the really gratifying things I think. Certainly the the on screen talent that, that we've had come through who've gone on to do, you know, other great things, you know, recently, like Tessa Dunlop, Andy Tor, but there are some new faces for series nine like Helen Arney and Adam McIntosh in Scotland who you know yes. to look out for who I think are very exciting. And that, that that's the great thing about a magazine style show because you've got just like a five minute slot. You can try new people who are experts in, you know, whatever that story is you're talking about.
0: And now, if you've missed the first broadcast of Coast, you can Sky Plus it. You can get it on iPlayer. You can watch it on Blighty. And yesterday, and you can even watch a short version when the snookers finished early.
2: I think we'd we'd say in our own immodest way that because <laughs> we try and put so much craft and detail into each story, and the, you know, in the way it's told, often people will watch it. Again, and get equally as reward and experience could be, because they'll see different things in the stories that they kind of missed last time. Oh, yes. But, you know, the stories tend to be by the standards of these things, quite full of information and facts and thoughts and images. And that can kind of overwhelm you a little bit at first viewing. But what it does mean is that they do bear repeating. Oh, Indeed. Um,
0: and another big part of Coast is the theme music yeah. and the incidental music throughout the show.
2: Yeah, you know, that, that subtly becomes part of the format, I think, the coast music, the title theme, but then there are a number of alternatives, what we call the the sort of journey music which are the riffs on the on the coast title music, but they're they're subtly different, so they have a different take. So we have a, so we have kind of you know, tracks like we'll we'll call them in the office the slow journey, which is the kind of
0: and the team knows which one that because,
2: is. Yeah, the the reflective kind of, you know, it's quite slow, but it's still recognisably the coast theme. But then there's the big, bold restart, press the restart button. So we use them when, you know, we come to the end of a story. If it's a kind of celebratory story, I think there's a, for instance, a story in uh, the first episode of the new series when Mark Horton talks about the birth of the Ordnance Survey. That would be a good point to, to press the big, bold Coast Music because yes. it's kind of celebrating a British institution and a, it's a broadly celebratory big feel good story.
0: And now that the series is themed based you've got more of a scope to craft a programme rather than yes. having to follow a map.
2: Yeah you know it, it, it gives you more latitude as programme makers to think yeah what would come nicely after that And some part of me does miss the old days of just what we used to call the... This is yeah, what's
0: next, because it's on the map.
2: Yeah, the tyranny of the geography, I think was the phrase we had, <laughs> which is, nothing we can do about that. You know, like it or not, um, Lulworth Cove is coming next, you know. Um, <laughs> Blackpool is next. Yeah.
0: And that's yeah. what it is.
2: And that's what it is, yeah. So you've got to get out of the uh, the Nazi concentration camp in Alderney to windsurfing on Studland Beach, whoever it might be, you know, just because that's the next thing. yeah.
0: And another important part of the coast format are the computer-generated graphics, which show events and landscapes long disappeared, and they're on an epic scale, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and you know the, the Jelly Television who do the uh, have done the graphics consistently, and also did the uh, graphics for Coast Australia. They do a fantastic job of. Give, yes, exactly. Given that what we wanted that epic scale was the trick for us for that was having the computer-generated elements appear with the presenters when we could. Yes. So that, that, you know, they appear in frame with the presenters, so you get a sense of the scale often, you know, you can stand under Titanic as it would have been in Belfast Dock.
0: Yes, because you need Mark Horton next to the Great Eastern to show how big it was.
2: I I always loved the idea that it's about coexisting time periods, you know, so if you could travel, you know, if you could stand on one spot and travel through time, you would see all these things appear and disappear around you the CGI element um appear and take the presenters back two hundred years, you know, as though they were standing there when the the strange Volks railway was actually running down the yes. you know, the sand.
0: So we're starting series nine. Any particular highlights we should look out for?
2: Well um, yeah I'm very excited by series nine because it, it just feels like it, it continues to build I think on the strength of the of the previous shows and making those really embedding those themes. I think there's some really nice themes we've got Episode One is the channel, so that 's quite an easy one to understand. you know you're looking at both sides of the English Channel from the French mm-hmm. perspective and the English perspective and then there's secret paths to hidden treasure, which um, is one I like particularly because I edit produced that one but it 's basically a series of coastal walks, although being coast you know it's never quite as simple as a walk, so sounds
0: you know, good talk. one of them is
2: a roller coaster ride, one of them is a journey out following the seam of green marble out to sea. For the first time, we do the coast in winter for the culmination of the series, and Neil Oliver goes to Shetland to do the Pelliar Viking Fire Festival, which is definitely one to look out for because Neil gets some unique access to behind-the-scenes party and stuff. Oh,
0: fantastic.
2: Yeah, great fun. Lots to look forward to.
0: Now, Steve, when we were planning the way our video walk should look and feel, we always based them on the coast style and in fact, we describe them as like coast, but for walks. But we've got a slightly smaller budget than at anti Beeb.
2: Yeah, I know you do a fantastic job, I think. You, you've moved that on as well. But it's great to see some of those elements working working for you. But, you know, your presenting style is, is very similar and that you are the guide. You're taking people through it. You're allowing them kind of discover things for themselves as well, pictorially. trying kind to of let them feel of
0: discovering things for themselves as well. So we're all looking forward to the series. It's great to see that there's a series, two for Coast Australia. Yes, that's been a fantastic success, yeah. Are there many more series to be had for the original
2: coast? Our coastal story, because we're such seafaring, adventurous people, and always have been, you know, going way, way back to how first people first got into these islands. You know, we've, we've got in boats and gone other places. There's all manner of stories about the British experience over 10,000 years to tell all around the world, really.
0: Steve, many thanks for joining me on the podcast.
2: It's been my pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me.
0: And that's it for another podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to leave us a comment or some suggestions, you can do that on iTunes or on Audioboom. You can find out more information about Walks Around Britain on our website, walksaroundbritain.co.uk. Until next time, thanks for listening and happy walking.